Aloha, I'm Desden Hakias, the host of Healing with Aloha, and I'm so grateful um, to have you guys here with us. Um, the podcast is about bringing hope and healing with Aloha, and we have a special guest with us today. Her name is Samina, and I'd love um, for you to share with them a little bit about yourself, Samina. Okay, well, um, I'm a freelance writer and author. Um, I am a former teacher who took an early retirement to, to pursue my passion of writing. And so I, I write whatever speaks to me, um, but I, I do a lot of fiction and personal development. Um, so I've written, I've written two books uh, of fiction and um, yeah, I just, I really at this point in my life, I just write all day and it's the best decision I ever made. <laughs> no, that's, that's amazing because you found what is your passion yes. and you're able to commit to it and then mm-hmm. it flows. So that's, that's, that's incredible. Yes. Right? Um, can you share, uh, like, I know you're a book author. What yes. even like, prompted you to do the first one? Because it's just that, that first hump in you writing a book of what, what got you to, to, to do it? So I used to be a teacher, like I said, so I used to teach English language learners and, and regular English. Mm -hmm. And with both groups of students, I used to teach a unit called Arabian nights. Mm. And so, um, you know, for, for the different groups, I would teach it in a different way, but the culminating activity was that was for them to either retell one of the stories, if they were English language learners or if they were English students, they would look at the conventions of an Arabian night story and they mm-hmm. would write their own Arabian night story. And I've always loved Arabian nights, loved reading it, loved teaching it. One day I just thought to myself, I get the kids to write their own Arabian night story, you know, every year. So why don't I do it? And so the first story that I wrote was actually intended to be a birthday gift for my niece. She never actually got it because once I finished that story, I, I did like nine more. And that's how my first short story collection came to be. Oh, okay. Cause you was going. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just kept going. And then um, I was really proud of myself because I never saw myself as a fantasy writer, but because it's Arabian nights, there's a lot of fantasy in it. So the stories that I wrote, I, you know, I, I looked at the fantasy elements of it, like the magical elements that I'm just like, I just wrote that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so, so I, you know, I, I pushed myself, uh, you know, to a place that I didn't realize I could go. Mm-hmm. And so that's a really great feeling. I, I think it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, because like you said, you were a teacher prior to you doing your own book, but then like it was in you is just being able to, to draw it out. Um, and I think it's healing too. Um, in life, we, we have to have a way to express ourselves and, and journaling is a, is a, a great non-judgmental way of expressing yourself. And then with the writing thing, if you, like you said, you're doing fiction, so it's all fantasy. Yeah. You, you can just flow because it's not, you know, do you feel like um, you don't get stuck? Like, 
you know it's like you're trying to write nonfiction or if you're writing something that's real do you feel like you you give yourself more grace to to just because it's fantasy and it's just it's free-flowing you know I've evolved I've evolved as a human being and I've evolved as a writer and when I first started writing I didn't give myself a lot of grace whether I was writing nonfiction or fiction and now I give myself a lot of grace um I still um like I actually have another novel that I started and like so I still haven't connected with that novel as much as I would like mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm definitely giving myself more grace um because I just want to tell the best possible story that I can tell. So, um, you know, so sometimes I do find myself pushing when I shouldn't, but I'm really getting out of that. But yeah, I am definitely learning to give myself more grace in my life and in my writing. Right. Can you share tips that you've learned to that help? Because everybody's different. But what has like, you know, when you feel like you you get like a mental block. Um, Is there something that helps you to, to free you up like in your, in your ability to write like that inspires you or maybe motivates you? Uh, Sometimes I just like ask questions like, okay, so how can this be as interesting as it can possibly be? How can I like, so I, I, I turn it into an adventure and I turn it into, you know, like, like whatever it is that I'm focused on or, or what I want to get out of it. It's just kind of like, well, how can I make this as fun or as witty or like, how, how can I do it? So, so it becomes more open-ended. Yeah. So I find myself doing that with a lot of things. Like you really have to open yourself up to whatever possibility there is is mm-hmm. and then just align yourself with the best one at that time so that's that's how I unblock myself with a lot of things like the open-ended questions yeah yes. it's art though like it's 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 a type of art like what you're doing it's yeah. it's being artistic because um, it's it's your it's ex- freedom to express yourself yeah yep. and oh, yeah. It takes courage to to go there, <laughs> to be yeah. able to express yourself. And more and more, I just enjoy the art of it. And I enjoy, um, I actually feel like I serve through my art. I used to serve as a teacher and now I serve with my art. So sometimes I'll just approach it as how can I best serve others mm. with this so that helps me out a lot too, because I'm coming from a really positive place. So, you know, the more you can come from a, a place of positivity and a place of possibility, the more you open yourself up. And so that's, that's really what art is, just opening yourself up and sharing that. Do you feel that it's an act of love though. Like the, the, that mindset, it's, it's much more, um, it's opening your heart, opening your mind to, mm-hmm. to just let the energy flow more freely yes. mm-hmm. instead of you trying to restrict it and trying to control it. 
But if yes. you look at it like, you know, let me let me see how can I serve someone who who's gonna read this, who needs this this time to, yep. to go on an adventure. Yeah. Because everybody has a different style of writing, but um, the books that you've written, it's it's fantasy, so it's it's adventure. So it's constantly yeah. like exploring, you know, new realms, new situations, new. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that. I think that's beautiful, though. Um, and then, yeah. like, you found techniques that work for you. Yeah, yeah, I, I I I definitely have. And then sometimes I look to other creatives. And they don't necessarily have to be writers. Like I definitely read all the time. Um, I, I've been finding myself reading a lot of nonfiction recently, but I read other fiction writers, but I also have a strong connection to music, um, music and film, more music than film. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes I'll listen to music or I'll listen to other creatives talk about how they create. And I find that, helpful too because sometimes I'll see oh you know what I do that too and it's okay (laughs) I'm not the only one who does that or or I'll see something else that that I can do like um like in terms of because I write my blog every week so um the challenge with that is to to come up with topics every week so what I do now is like I journal I journal daily but then what I do is I'll just write um, 10 topics to write about. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it's easy to come up with those 10 topics. Sometimes it's not. But I will write that down. Hey, like right now, I have so many topics written in my, I have my little idea journal. So I have so many topics in there. But I found that that's like a really great, um, tool to use when you feel like you want to keep the ideas flowing because the, the key to that too is to not judge the ideas that are coming out like like you might decide that this is good this is not good I don't even do that I used to have a bad habit of doing that yes um, judging judging as it was coming out because you interrupt the flow with a judgment so what I do is like I, I write it and I put it down or like, I just put it down on paper. Mm-hmm. And if I decide to use it, I decide to use it. If I don't, I don't like, that's the beauty of it. Like, just because I wrote it down, does it mean I have to use permanent? It? Yeah, exactly. Well, so I just let it flow. And, you know, so I, you know, some ideas I use, some ideas I come back to, uh, but like, it's, it's so much more freeing and easier when you take the judgment out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that's interesting because judgment of ourselves and, and not because, okay. I, I love reading and I'm more of a, like, I like talking, like it's same, same. It's just different arts. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's so funny because in your mind, maybe you look at an idea you're like ah, I don't like it right but mm-hmm. someone like me would be yeah. like I love this this is awesome yeah <laughs> you know and so it's like it's it's two different lens and yeah. sometimes you, you could be um more harsh on yes. yourself 
And yes. someone like me would be appreciative of a perspective you have that no one else maybe would see. And, and some, some, sometimes when it comes to things like that, it's subjective, right? And so, it's, so now I'm at a point where it, it is subjective and somebody else's viewpoint is really their business. So it's just kind of like, okay, that's like, it doesn't reflect on my value, doesn't reflect on my ideas value or, or anything like that. Like, so it's two separate things. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so I've, I've really just, just taken the, the levels of judgment out of it. Like first my judgment and then how somebody else could potentially judge it. So now it's just kind of like, okay, how's it serving? Is it coming from my heart is, you know, mm. how am I feeling with it? So, so you kind of, you just feel your way into what you're going to produce mm-hmm. instead of yeah the that whole serving and you know that positive affirmation i am love it yeah. it's powerful because it's kindness it's it's an yeah. act of kindness in in what yeah. you're doing and yeah. you're connecting through through your writings to people that enjoy reading yeah you know per se and and so it's good that you you figured it out um in that way um do you since you're a writer and like you know when you think about people processing and healing and just their journey um do you find that writing is something that you would recommend for people to do not necessarily if they're writing a book but just in general um would you recommend people just getting into journaling and just even doodling you know their their thoughts and feelings because a lot of times we can go through life like right now we're in a pandemic and we hold it in our heads and our hearts and then it it needs an outlet yeah yeah i absolutely recommend journaling like whether you are into writing or not like because sometimes we need that release and we sometimes we need to feel safe in that release so when you just journal and you just write things down and you have no thought of who's going to read it, who's going to see it. Like my, my problem when I do, because I used to be an English teacher. Am I writing this correctly? <laughs> so I've had to get out of that. So because nobody's now, reading it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, but it's still in the back of my mind that maybe if somebody reads and, and so I have to, to get at, to get out of that. So I just, whatever's coming out is what's coming out. And so when, when you do that and you just journal and you just let whatever comes out, come out without judgment, it, it lightens you. Mm. So I, I highly recommend that because it just makes you lighter. Plus it tells your, your brain, like, it's okay. Let it, let it go. And, yeah. and so I mean, nowadays you can type things out and stuff like that, yeah. but hey, you can go old school, bustle paper and pencil or pen and pe- paper and just let it flow. Yeah. But yeah, I strongly encourage that. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. Uh, one of yeah. the things that uh, we, we had spoken about earlier is, you know, you, you started your grief journey 
um, almost uh, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, who, who are your um, loved ones that you, um, that died, that, um, you know, that you started your grief journey with and has allowed you to, to come along this far and, and what you, have you learned? Um, well, the first person um, I lost was my father. My father had been ill. He had emphysema, and he had been ill for over 10 years. And then in um, early 2001, um, he was in the hospital, and I remember it vividly. He was on the waiting list for a, trans a lung transplant. And so we had gotten the call that, okay, we, we have a lung for him, you know, you know, you know, you got to bring him in. And I remember, instead of being joyful, I bawled. And I think something in me knew at that moment, he's not coming back. Like, even though I couldn't, I couldn't verbalize it, I think something in me knew that he, he wasn't, he wasn't coming back. And then what happened after that, because he was such an integral part of our household. Like I, I actually had moved back into the house after graduate school, which I'm really grateful for because his last year on this planet, I was with him. You so, have to take care yeah, and be there. Yeah. And just being in his presence and being around him. So I'm very grateful for that. And so um, he, you know, he went through a lot his last three years of life. And then like the last year, especially. And then he was gone. And what had happened to me was um, his, his passing was 2001. I can barely tell you what happened in 2001. Like it, I was just, I was just in this haze and I was like literally just in this haze of grief. And then um, a year and a half later at the end. So my father passed away in the beginning of 2001. At the end of 2002, uh, my brother had passed away. And so he also lived in the house too. Mm -hmm. And so like these two really integral people. Of my family, yeah, and, and really crucial parts of my life were gone so close to each other. And so what I had realized, like, literally, um, I, I don't know what, what anybody would really want to call it, like your higher self, your conscience, whatever. Mm -hmm. So when my brother first passed away, I remember sitting there and just voice came in my head that you will survive this. Like, that, that voice just told me, you will survive this, that this will not break you. And so I realized that, um, you know, just pretty much mourning my father for about a year, that mourning him for a year mm -hmm. wasn't going to bring him back at the end of it. And so with my brother, I mean, it was still because he, it was such a shock. He passed away unexpectedly. Yeah. So... Um, you know, so for him, I, you know, I, there were other issues that I was going through that were, that were different from what I had gone through with my father, with my father, it was expected. Yes. We knew we had time to, yeah. And so with my brother, 
one one minute he was there, next minute he wasn't. And so I was processing that. So that actually took me about six months. Um, but, you know, and it was traumatic for all of us in the family. Yes. And I realized that for like, even though I wasn't in that haze of mourning for three years, I was you know, it, this was maybe 2001, 2002, and people weren't talking about it as much, but I was post-traumatic, like, and especially, like, with my brother, like, my father passed away in front of me, because the, the day that he passed away, they said, you all need to get here, he's, he's going to go today, so I watched him pass away, when my brother, my brother passed away suddenly, and, um, you know, I found his lifeless body with my mother and my sister in, in, in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so it was just kind of like... No goodbyes. Like, that's... No good- yeah. Yeah. Well, like, with my, bro- with my father, there, there was a goodbye. My brother, there was no goodbye. There was, there was nothing. So, uh, so for me, that was really traumatic. Um, it was traumatic to experience that and traumatic to witness his lifeless body. Um, it, you know, it just, it, it, it shook me, but, but something in me kicked in um, and just said, you will, you will survive it. But, but again, I was, I was post-traumatic. So it affected my personality for a few years. And I, I realized that, you know, there is a lot of work that I need to do. And um, so for uh, maybe, you know, nine years after that, um, you know, I just, I just lived my life and I, I just kind of became numb to it. Um, uh-huh. Like what it is, he's not here anymore. Both of them aren't here, but then, um, I started to, I don't know, just, just really realize that there's, there's something more than what's right in front of me, like what I've been taught, um, what I've been told life should be. So that started to kick in as well Mm -hmm. because, um, yeah, like everything I'd gone through up until that point, it was just kind of like, there's more than what I've been told and taught. Um, so, you know, these two people leaving my life early was really the start of that. And then the rest of my journey just evolved from there. One of the things I know you shared was that you came to like this resolve that mm-hmm. um, it was their journey, Yeah, you know, regardless how how soon or later it was but yeah. that you came to realize you have to give yourself permission to live your life you know yes and carry on their legacy and their memory you know by yes. how you just live your life to the fullest yes whatever that is for you at different stages in your life yes yes um yeah I'm, I I feel like that's so important because like when I, when I was mourning my father for about a year um, and just not really connected to anything around me, 
um, like I said, I realized he's not, he's not coming back. And as much as he loved me, would he like, does he want me to live like this? And I knew the answer was no. Yes. I, I knew that's what it was like. Um, different cultures and different religions have their perceptions of what happens after you, you passed away. And what I was told growing up is that when somebody who's passed away um, sees you cry or, or just really get deep into mourning, it actually causes their soul pain. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Because they don't want to see you in that state. And I feel like that's partially true. They don't want to see you in that state. It does, it does cause them pain or, um, you know, maybe for some souls it's, it's different, but there's, there is that, no, I don't want you to do this. There's definitely that, whether it's, it's pain or the soul, whoever soul it is, like keeps it in perspective. But, but the person who's departed from your life, especially if it was someone you loved and they loved you, they don't want to see you like that. Like yeah. that. They want, yeah, like, that, they feel like they want you to live your life and be happy. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's all they want. Um, and then some of us get into, well, I promised someone this, or they would want me to do this specific thing. And I'm at a point where it's kind of like, they don't care. Like they don't like they're in a different plane where a lot of the things that really matter to us aren't even on their radar. So it's just kind of like, um, you know, my siblings got into like with my father, well, my, I'm not going to do this because our father wouldn't want us to do that. And I got to a point where I said, our father doesn't care. Like he doesn't, he doesn't care. Like, like he cares, but like the trivial things that they think yes he would get upset or something is that what you're talking about exactly like that in particular that he's judging something or he's you know I don't know he's reprimanding you for some mistake you've made or whatever it is that's not what he's doing because at the end of the day all he wants is for you to be happy that's Mm -hmm. what he cares about yeah are you happy are you fulfilled are you singing the song of your soul that's what he wants and you're not doing any of those things like like if you're if you're sad all the time if you're questioning well why aren't you here why did this happen then you're not you're not living happily and you're not singing the song of your soul and Mm -hmm. that's what they really want yes yeah and and that 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 becomes a, a turning point you know and everybody's at like a different and and that's something we were talking about earlier is that we cannot, you know, expect people to understand our perspective and in, in our grief journey and whatnot. However, this is what you're able to process, and that gives you um, gives you the mm, the courage or like the love to to carry on in in today because as much as you would want to rewind time and, and bring them back, you would, but then you can't 
and then tomorrow's not even here yet and so just trying to find that peace and like you said if it's someone who you really love and who loved you um, to realize that their love for you is the same and that they would want you to live your life to the fullest Mm -hmm. you know like they, they understand you love and miss them However, they, they would desire to celebrate your life. Uh, absolutely. And like celebrate your life, celebrate what they did while they were here and not focus on maybe things that happened to them or what they missed out on. Like in the case mm-hmm. of my brother, my brother was only 40 when he passed away. And I was telling you earlier that that bothered me for a long time that there was so much in his life that he didn't get to experience that he missed out on. And then he experienced a a lot of pain um, before he passed away. Like he, um, he had a chemical imbalance and Mm -hmm. there were things that were beyond his control, um, which I know that he struggled with while he was here Mm -hmm. and he wanted so much to be in control of those things. And he wasn't. And so all of that would just make me sad for a long time. I mean, and not even, I, I had processed that he was gone and I processed that, you know, he's, that he exited the way he exited. Um, But I was still holding on to why wasn't his life something else? Like, or, and why was it so short and why did he have so much pain? So I was getting into um, questions like that, that you can't definitively answer and that you can't prove. So um, you're spinning your wheels if you continue to ask, ask those questions in, in that way. Mm-hmm. And so then I just came to a realization that I couldn't control any of those things. I couldn't choose any of those things for him. Um, I wasn't responsible for his life. So I wasn't responsible for his death. So, you know, I, I had to really take myself out of it and just be in that state of acceptance that this is what his life was supposed to be. And I, I can't change it. Right. So I had to really come to terms with that. For for yourself, for you to be able yeah. to be at peace. Uh, not yes. that you love them, love him or your dad any less. It's just yeah. everybody, you know, have different values, different fates, different backgrounds, and and this is what helped you to come to that resolve. How 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 you're gonna view it because the continuous uh, questioning why why you know what I mean wasn't wasn't helping you in the long run yeah and I and I appreciate you sharing that sorry I just can you hear that my when you were starting to can you hear it can I hear can you hear no okay oh no I can hear yeah I can hear okay no someone's in the the neighbor is um um drilling or um like a saw oh i i can't hear that i can't okay, good okay. i can only hear what's going on in my own house <laughs> okay good i'm like okay good <laughs> uh, maybe the the listeners will, will will hear um let um can i just ask you thank you so much um for sharing that with me um is there like one um tip that you 
you would like to share with our listeners um, because you, you've been writing and you found what you love and you've learned to um, free yourself of that judgment. And then even with your family, um, you've learned so much. Um, what would you like to share? Um, like just a final tip um, for, for our listeners um, because, you know, some people believe that we can't heal uh, and process things that we go through in life. I just think that healing is an ongoing journey, mm-hmm. right? Um, is there one final thing you would like to share um, with our listeners? You have to unconditionally accept who you are at any given moment and unconditionally accept where you are mm. and and willingly work with that whatever it is at any given moment because you and I talked about it it's it's you know grief is a roller coaster life like your life lessons it's it's a spiral like it's there are deeper truths that you come to every day and that's what deep healing is just getting to those deeper truths. So for me, to the way to get to those deeper truths is unconditionally who you are, where you are at any time, whatever anybody else deems is good, bad, or indifferent, it doesn't matter. Just accept who you are, where you are, what you want at any given moment, and accept it Mm. it. and I think that's great advice because a lot of people don't see that you know like unconditionally accepting who you are and where you're from because maybe and we talked about this maybe the people you're associated to whether it's your family or your friends um, they're not relatable to to you but it, it doesn't mean that you as a person is you're not valuable or you're not lovable or you're not, it's just, we, we, we find our tribe in, in this yeah. lifetime and, and yeah. people who, who we can relate to. And, and having that um, my mentality of being unconditional towards yourself and, and just how you process life is, is, is important. And so that's great mm-hmm. advice. Thank you. I, I've yeah. never had anybody say that before. And I'm like, oh, that's so true. And, and, and that's grace. And that's why you're, you're able to be more effective with writing is, is just giving yourself grace, grace and just letting it flow. Yes. Oh, um, Samina, what is the best way or can you share where can we find your books? And then what is the best way um, for people to find you? Um, I'm going to have it um, on the, the, info, the notes and whatnot. But can you share with them real quick? What is the best way to, to get your books and to find you? Okay, so both of my books are available on, on Amazon. Uh, I've, self, I've self-published those two books. And you can also find me at my, at my website, uh, www.saminakmogul.com. You can actually find the books there okay. as well. And on social media, you can find me at, at, at Samina Mogul uh, on Instagram. And on Twitter, you can find me at, um, at Samina SKM Podcast. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So everybody, thank you so much for for joining us. Uh, You guys um, can 
follow Healing with Aloha on Spotify, Anchor.fm, and we, we're on YouTube also. But Samina, you just hang on right here. And thank you, everybody, mm -hmm. for listening to this episode. Have a great day.